What's going on, everybody? I'm Kyle Richards, and welcome to the Abstract Sports Podcast, where we bring sports back to life with a fresh perspective on the game from abstract yet popular angles. We're coming at you live on Facebook with high-quality audio experience, live on Instagram, also live on Periscope, which is Twitter if you're not familiar. I will do my best to respond to all the comments as they come in. Periscope is really hard because the comments disappear. Terrible feature. Um, but I'll be happy to answer your questions as we go. If it gets too much, I might just like ignore you guys for a minute so I can finish my segment, and then I'll reply to your comments at a good stopping point. So first things first, I don't think he's in here because he's probably celebrating, but I have to say happy birthday to my buddy Micah. He was here for a week last week. He was visiting while his wife was here on spring break, and uh, we had some really good conversations about an article that I have in the works, and I want to give you guys a little bit of a preview, but I'm not going to give you any information because I want uh, it has to be perfect when it gets published. So I'm just going to tell you what it's called, and it'll get your brain turning, you know. So it's going to be an article. It's called "There Will Never Be a Greatest Player of All Time," and I'm just going to leave it at that. It's a, going to involve a lot of research, a lot of bouncing the ideas off of my friends and family. Um, I want to make sure this is a great article. I'm going to promote the crap out of it when I get it published. So, um, obviously, on the blog, not like not like in a sports peer-reviewed journal or anything like that. <laughs> but I want it to be really good. So, yeah, there will never be a greatest player of all time. We had a great conversation about that, me and Micah, um, spanning across different sports and all kinds of things. So, look forward to that. It's a little ways out, but I'm excited about it nonetheless. Um, and an update on on the the co-host podcast that's coming up, my, my good friend Corbin, he will be on the show next Wednesday, so April 19th, uh, same time, same place and everything, 7 o'clock next Wednesday. Um, he's going to be Skyping in or he's going to call in, and I'm going to have the phone's audio somehow being fed through the mic, whether I'm holding the phone here or I have a speaker that's loud enough to come through the microphone and be heard. We're going to do some troubleshooting with that this week and make sure we got it all sounding great. Um, that way we can give you guys an awesome two-man podcast show. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Um, this guy's got a lot of strong opinions on sports, and we always talk about sports in our group chats with our buddies from from college, and I, I can't wait to have his opinions come through on the podcast. I think some people will really like him. So um, that's all the, the basic stuff, but I want to get into the stuff around the sports world. Sports, where they use balls to score points. I don't know. <laughs> Freestyling. Here we go. So first I want to talk about MLB and fantasy baseball because that's kind of like all the rage right now. Season just started somewhat recently, um, and I've been trying my best to stay on top of the fantasy baseball game, changing my lineup a week in advance and uh, swapping out all my injured players and whatnot. I've actually been doing really well in the fantasy league with all my Vandal friends, my Idaho Vandal buddies. Um, there for about a week I was in third place, and then I dropped to ninth within a day. And I'm not entirely sure how that happened. I honestly think it's because I have a ton of re relief pitchers and no starting pitchers. Um, but also, starting pitchers only actually start like once every four or five games or days. Not entirely sure which. And so you have to really be on top of your uh, substitution game. you got to go in there and uh, find out which pitchers are actually starting that day, put them in your lineup, get rid of a guy who's not starting for five days, go pick them back up when it's their turn. It's a lot of uh, coordination and if you don't know baseball and you don't follow it a lot, it's kind of hard to know when those guys play. So they have to do a lot of research. And so that's where I think I've been uh, lacking lately. But uh, right now I'm in fourth place, and it's it's a roto category scoring. So I'm always going up and down. It'll do that pretty much the entire season. Still trying to get the feel of it, um, but it's been a lot of fun. There hasn't been too much trash talking in the last week since I had our we had episode five come out. Um, Alice on Facebook says, Chris Bryant is not helping me much. Well, that's a bummer because he was hitting those home runs out into the Chicago River earlier or the other day. You can't do that for me on the on the actual field. That's a bummer. Um, but I also I have Buster Posey, and you guys probably heard, but he took a 94-mile-an-hour fastball straight to the head. He actually, like, ducked out of the way a little bit, so it glanced off the back of his helmet kind of back here, um, like back right or back left, I guess, because he's a lefty or righty. Um, but he ducked a little bit, and it skipped off his head, but a 94-mile-an-hour ball hitting you, 
even if you have a helmet on and everything, that's going to hurt. It's going to rattle your brain around in there. So he's on my uh, disabled list. Uh, he's out for seven days at least. So I switched him out, and I brought in a new catcher. His name is Sandy Leon of the Boston Red Sox. I saw he was batting really well. He's got a 368 average to start. I felt, I felt like that was a solid free agent pickup. Um, he had had like a 40% boost in in pickups from fantasy players or fantasy teams. So um, probably because they had the same situation as me. Buster Posey went out, um, got to pick somebody up. Why not the best guy that has the best batting average? So um, that's just what I look at. Obviously, you can look at a, a whole bunch of other stats, but that's just one that I look at. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, I also saw that just today my outfielder, Brett Gardner, I think he uh, – who's he play for? The Mets? No. Uh, Yankees. I knew he was New York, but uh, place where the Yankees had a nasty collision at first base, and so now he's uh, he's day to day. So I had to put him on my bench, and depending on what happens there, he's not like one of my best players, but he's he's been doing really well for for a guy that a lot of teams don't own. But uh, obviously that's not what it's all about. But uh, so he's injured. I have to deal with that. Couple injuries already on my team. Um, but one guy I did pick up that I thought was going to be a solid hit was. Mark Reynolds of the Colorado Rockies. When I picked him up, he was batting like a four fifty or something like that. It was it was insane. So I picked him up, put him in my lineup, and now he's not doing anything. <laughs> That's kind of how it goes. But on the season, he's batting a three twenty three average, five runs, four home runs, and ten RBIs. And I think that that those that stat line looked pretty impressive to me, especially for uh, the fact that they're only counting uh, offense for those guys. So. Yeah, that's fantasy baseball. It's been going well. I think I'm still in fourth place. Yep, sitting in fourth um, with 55 points in our scoring uh, system. And so going on from there, uh, it was kind of cool to see some of the highlights from the Chicago Cubs uh, trophy and banner ceremony. Where they, the you know the banner, the flag where they have all the players go up one at a time and do one pull on the flagpole to get the flag up there. Um, obviously, 100-plus years in the making, uh, waiting. the players for generations have been waiting to do that for that stadium. So it's kind of cool to see see that unfold a little bit. But then not only is it like the their homecoming game for Chicago and their, their city is super stoked about it and everything, but then it comes down to Anthony Rizzo at bat and he hits a walk-off single to win their homecoming game. And... Who, I mean, if you're a baseball fan or a sports fan, you wouldn't want that game to end any other way. I loved seeing that. And Rizzo, when he gets excited, he <laughs> he he just like he's like, yeah, that happened. He has this look on his face, like, yeah, uh huh. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. Um, but another baseball news: Timothy Tebow, Tim Tebow. He's been in the news since last week. He's hit a couple of home runs since last week. So his first at bat for the Columbia Fireflies over there in North Carolina, I think it's North Carolina, South Carolina, one of the Carolinas, um, he had a one-pitch home run, first pitch that comes at him. He hits it nice and deep to left field, and it goes over the wall. And everybody who's been like saying that Tim Tebow's not the real deal, it's like, okay, he hit a home run. Maybe there was some luck involved, but I think it's pretty hard to hit a fast a, a ball that's coming at you at least 80 miles an hour to 90 miles an hour at that level of baseball play. Um, but he hit one out of the park. Fun fact, though, <laughs> the pitcher that threw against him, I think, I don't know if I told you guys this last week, but the pitcher that threw against him, he was the 666th pick in the MLB draft, he went to the Giants, and that was like back in 2015. I feel like I told you guys this last week, but I'm telling you again because it's a crazy fat, crazy stat. But, you know, Tim Tebow's a very religious guy, and he's a good guy, no, nothing against him at all. And, and then the guy that he hits a home run off of is the 666th pick. Like, are you kidding me? What are the odds? I did a fact check. I went and looked it up. I looked the guy's name up. Sure enough, he was the 666th pick, like 22nd, 23rd round, something like that in the MLB draft. And, of course, Tim Tebow's going to hit a home run on that guy. He had everything going against him. <laughs> so that was really cool to see. Um, but
but it's kind of funny when when Tim Tebow hit his first home hit that home run, it went over the field, but the outfielder like tried to prank him, and so he like acted like he got the ball and threw it, like pretended to throw the ball into the cutoff guy, and when it came in, there was no ball, so Tim Tebow had stopped at second, thinking like, oh crap, uh, I guess it didn't go out. Like you know, he's probably just adrenaline's pumping, not really paying attention to anything, but trying to hit the ball and run the bases and not miss the bases because I know how that can be. Um, but he gets to second, and he stands there like he's about to take his gloves off, and the ump's like, no, bro, that's out of the park. He's giving him the wave. He's saying, go ahead. And he's like, what? And just starts trotting around the bases. And it's pretty funny to see, but um, all the haters for Team, team Tebow saying that he's not the real deal, that's one. That's one thing. But not only that, he comes into his second game ever in the, the minor leagues for this New York Mets organization in the Carolinas. He hits another home run. <laughs> okay. One home run, it's kind of like you fool me once, whatever. Fool me twice, then it's like, okay, there's something serious going on here, especially with home runs in baseball. Brad on Facebook says, woo, that's freaky deaky. And then he says, God had something to do with it, I bet. I think that's kind of what the moral of that story is. It's kind of interesting to think about. Um, but, okay, Tim Tebow has two home runs, and he's played a few games already. You know, obviously he's not keeping up the home run streak, but he's one home run away from tying Michael Jordan's number that he had back in 94 when he played for the, the White Sox organization. And that's, that's, I guess that's saying something, but there's a lot of football players that played baseball in high school and college, um, especially quarterbacks, because they throw balls. That's what they do for a living. Um, but he's got two home runs in the minor leagues. The, in, in Las Vegas, the local news stations and, and the team over there, they're saying that he's major league material. This guy is a leader in the clubhouse. He's somebody that all the younger guys look up to. Um, and, you know, coming into, if he went into the major leagues, we went to, went to, went up to the big game. Obviously, he, he'd be more of the right age of all the players around there, but all the players in his dugout right now are way younger than him. They look up to him. He's a guy that's like fighting against all odds to, to do what he loves to do, whether it's football, baseball, helping people, whatever. He's striving to be his best at what he does, and I don't see how you can hate a guy for that. He's doing really well, too. Two home runs. He's batting well. He's catching balls. Like, How can you not like the guy? especially when everybody hates him. Jason on Facebook says, I've liked and followed Tim Tebow since he left Florida. He's an awesome guy. I totally agree. I mean, every game that I've watched, he's always firing up his team. He's getting them ready to go. He's coming out of the tunnel. He's like, he's just flexing on everybody. He's, he's ready to go. He's a very focused athlete. And I think that he enjoys that. He even says in his interviews, he, he has to love the process of getting better as a baseball player if he's going to do anything at all because that's where you are. You got to be happy with what you're doing and it helps you become more successful because it builds confidence in what you're doing. So I have all the props to him. I think he's doing the undoable, you know, everybody, well, not everybody, but a good chunk of people hate the guy for unforeseeable reasons. They think that his fame got him into baseball, not his baseball skill, but he's in the minor leagues hitting home runs on guys, putting them just, just silencing all the haters. I love to see that stuff, especially from a guy like Tim Tebow. He's like, I don't know why you guys had a problem with me. I'm just going to do what I do, and I'm going to do it well. And sure enough, he does. So that's my hot take on Tim Tebow. I'm sick of people saying all those things. I think that you should look at him a little closer and try to respect what he's doing. Um, he's obviously got something to prove, or so something to prove, but he also has something to show up those haters. Um so that's what I have for baseball. Tim Tebow, that's his hot take. It's not really a hot take, but it's like, man, guys, shut up. Tim Tebow's the man. Going to the NFL. <laughs> it's kind of funny, though, because he's, you know, he's football, um, or was football, and now we're going into the football category. And now we're going to talk about a guy who um, played football recently, but then he was playing basketball? And people who haven't been following this are probably like, I don't know who it is. Please tell me, Kyle. I will tell you. Alice on Facebook says, you preach it, Kyle. Oh, I did. I'm still preaching. It's not even over yet. I have more of those. <laughs> this is like an angsty podcast I'm coming at you guys with right now. Um, so the Dallas Mavericks, they signed Tony Romo to a one-day contract as a, 
a way of appre showing appreciation for what he's done for Dallas sports and um, and for the city in general. He brought a lot of success to that Cowboys football team. And so the Mavericks were like, you know what? We're going to bring you in for some appreciation because you're such a cool guy. And from what I've seen and read, uh, or read and heard, he was like kind of blown away by it. He's like, I feel like I shouldn't be in this position where I'm, you know, I'm on a basketball team and it's just weird. But he was very appreciative of all the support people are giving him, especially them signing him to a contract so that he can um, kind of have a going out time. You know, you have people like Peyton Manning who uh, win the Super Bowl, uh, go out on top with 200 wins. But then you have Tony Romo who gets injured. His job gets taken from him. And, you know, rightfully so, Dak Prescott took that team to the playoffs with ease. Well, not, not with ease, but, you know, unexpectedly. And so it just it made sense that the Cowboys had to move on. And so he didn't really have a goodbye to the city of Dallas. Um, nothing like the Kobe Bryant final game in L.A. where he got to put up 60 points and be done. Um, he got a triple-double too, says Brad. <laughs> That's funny. Triple-double of bench minutes. I don't know how to I, – I can't come up with a joke on the spot for that one. I'm sorry. Um, but there are, there are NBA players or former NBA players who say that Tony Romo could have easily played in the NBA. And if you saw any of the highlights of him warming up with the team and practicing with the team, he was hitting jumpers over guys, but you know, he he's an athlete. He's he, he was trained to throw a football into very tight little spaces so receivers can catch the ball. He's known for putting the ball where it's supposed to go. So it makes sense that he could shoot a basketball into a hoop. Brad says 13 air balls, 10 turnovers and 14 injury timeouts. <laughs> Jason Dun Jason on Facebook says cheeseburger maybe. Yeah, <laughs> a triple double cheeseburger. There you go. A triple decker, cheese in between each patty, three patties, two slices of cheese. What up? There's your triple double. Thank you, Jason, coming through in the clutch. <laughs> oh, man, that's beautiful. But people like Karan Butler are saying that Romo could have played pro basketball um, in the warm-ups and in practice with the team. He was hitting shots, but obviously they're only going to show the ones that he's making, not the ones he, he's missing. But he's an athlete. He can do those things. But it's just awkward seeing Tony Romo on the basketball court, you know? Like, he it, it looks like he feels like he shouldn't be there because those are the types of situations where, you know, a lot of teams will sign, like, a kid who a kid who has cancer or something like that to a one-day contract, and it's just to, like, give that kid some hope, you know? He, he gets to meet a lot of his heroes. He gets to play some basketball with them. I think those are the coolest stories ever. And then you have to, Tony Romo that comes in, and it's, it's just a different – feeling because usually that's like a there's like some sort of a cause that you're trying to support but in this case it's like you're telling you're saying goodbye to Romo finally you're putting Tony, Tony Romo, Romo, Romo oh my goodness putting Romo up on a stage so that he can be like thank you for everything goodbye and then it's like official at that point uh, it's just kind of interesting but anyway since we were just talking about Tony Romo who used to play football now he's in baseball then we talked about Romo going into basketball for different reasons, obviously. Um, there's a question I saw that uh, Stephen A. Smith, and I don't know if it was Max Kellerman or somebody else, but they were discussing whether or not Tim Tebow and Tony Romo are publicity stunts. And before I get into that, Brad on Facebook says, not to change the subject, but the Jazz beat Golden State. They did. I'm going to get there, actually. I, I think I have that listed. Um, I'll actually stick it in here. Jazz beat Golden State. And now they are beating the Spurs. Yeah, that's that's good. I was going to pull up a tab. But um, for now, though, our Tim Tebow and Tony Romo publicity stunts. You're good. You're good, Brad. Don't, don't worry about it. You're just trying to help. I get it. It's fine. Um, <laughs> so... I would say that Romo is probably more of a publicity stunt than Tebow. I mean, let's look at the facts. Tim Tebow's actually playing in games in baseball, um, and he's doing well, hitting home runs, as I've already mentioned. And then you have Romo who comes in just to say goodbye to the city of Dallas, and he sat on the bench, and he awkwardly warmed up with the players. He missed high fives. I saw it, Tony. I saw you miss those high fives. It made it really awkward for me to watch. <laughs> but 
I definitely think Romo's a publicity stunt because, it, but it's not like in a negative way. They're trying to give Dallas, the city of Dallas, something that for them to rally around. You know, they just lost their one of their favorite players in recent years of, of from the Dallas Cowboys, Tony Romo. Um, they have a new era coming in with Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott um, and whoever else they're going to be picking up. And so they want to say goodbye to the guy that's done so much for them in the in the past 10 years or however long he played. Um, so I don't think it's a bad publicity stunt. Pu no publicity is bad publicity. And in that case, it, it holds true. I think that's good for the city of Dallas. It gives them something to rally around. Be like, man, I got to see Tony Romo get buckets in the warm-ups before this game. And I got to see Mark Cuban uh, pretend like he was going to put him in the game. And could you imagine getting to see Tony Romo get minutes in the NBA? That would be the that would be so weird. He'd probably get the ball stolen from him like right away. The other team just wouldn't have it. <laughs> um, I I do want to see that. I wish they could have put him in, but Adam Silver is like, sorry, Mark, you can't do that. It's against policy. But you know he was on contracts. So it's like why not? Might as well try. It would be cool. <laughs> Too bad they couldn't pull it off. Um, but then. You have Tim Tebow, who's he's not a publicity stunt. He's actually trying to to strive in the game of baseball. He's doing well. So no, that's pretty. That one's pretty clear. He's not a publicity stunt. Sure, he's selling out their their pro shop or their their shop at that stadium all the time because people want to get a hold of a Tim Tebow Fireflies jersey. I'll be honest, that would be pretty cool to have. It's a it's an interesting moment in sports history for a football player to transition over to baseball. I'm sure we've seen it, like you know, Bo Jackson did that, but Tim Tebow, it's it's just different, you know. Um, but what's crazy? This is sort of a side fact. One of my coworkers today, he told me that one of his family members has tickets to all those games. He's from the Carolinas, and they they that stadium is like 15 minutes from their house, and so they have tickets to go to those games. Alice says Dion Sanders. I didn't. Oh yeah, I forgot about Dion. So there's been a few, um, but no, I, I just think it's interesting, and so there you have it. But then another football thing. There's talks of, of uh, Marshawn Lynch. Um, he's he's interested in going to the Patriots of all teams. If the Raiders talks fall through, he's considering playing for the Patriots, which would be really awkward. I saw on NFL memes on Facebook, they said something like, like it was almost like he was asking them a question. He's like, would you have handed the ball off to me on the one-yard line? And they were like, yes. And he's like, sign me up. <laughs> it would be really interesting to see him play for the team that beat them in the Super Bowl a few years ago. Um, but honestly, I want to see him play for Oakland. I think that would do a lot for the city of Oakland where, um, well, shoot, you know, they're, they're going to Vegas, but they're still be there for a couple years and Marshawn won't be around for that much longer so it would be really cool to see him go to the Raiders almost like a Tony Romo situation where he goes to uh, sort of a hometown where people support him it's a different setting though but he's still good at what he does and so you can't help but respect the guy plus his foundations in the city of Oakland the, the fam first foundation so I just I would I think that'd be really cool to see I love whenever a sport or a player within a sport can bring camaraderie within a city just be just out of pure connectivity um you know connection to a player or team i think that's really cool so i want to see marshawn come back for the raiders marshawn if you if you're watching this i doubt it you should go to the raiders man please do i have friends who would agree with me um so in the nba as brad said the jazz beat golden state last night i believe that was last night and they beat them by about seven points six seven points I'm just I, I'm guessing with the numbers, but I did see they had like 106 points. Okay, I know that much. But they did beat Golden State, and it's kind of a big deal because they're contending for a playoff spot. And so, since these things are time sensitive, I'll cover them first. So there are two playoff spots that are still outstanding, and they are the fourth and fifth seeds in the Western Conference, and they're battling. The two teams battling it out are the Los Angeles Clippers and the Utah Jazz. So the Jazz had the four spot for a long time there, but then the Clippers came from behind, and the Jazz had some injured players, so they didn't put up as good of numbers as they could have. And so the Clippers took their fourth seed, and tonight it is, it is the last night of NBA, people. The last night of NBA regular season basketball. 
it's sad, but we have playoffs coming, so don't be too sad. So right now, the Spurs are playing the Jazz in Salt Lake City. I would have loved to go to that game. I know a lot of other people who would love to go to that game. It's actually really close to where I'm at. So I wish I had tickets to go because I didn't, I didn't know it was going to come down to this. Like It's kind of it's an important game. Basically, um, it decides who gets home court advantage in that, in that series. So it's going to be the Jazz and Clippers no matter what, but they're fighting for home court advantage. That's really big in the playoffs. And so what has to happen is the Jazz will clinch the fourth seed if they beat the Spurs tonight and if the Clippers lose to the Kings tonight. Brad on Facebook says 29 to 23 Jazz right now. That is, that's good news. I, want, I do want to see that. And then on the other side, the Clippers, they have to just beat the Kings or the Jazz have to lose to the Spurs. So if they both lose, the Clippers get the fourth seed. If the Clippers win at all, they get the fourth seed. But the Jazz need both of those things to go in their favor. So Clippers lose, they win. So keep your eyes on that as that game goes forward. It's, it's pretty important for them to get that win there in, in Salt Lake. But there's some other big news. A couple of cool stories in the NBA happened this year. Or not this year. (laughs) Over the last couple days, actually. A couple days ago. So D'Angelo Russell, he hit a buzzer from the Los Angeles Lakers. I know the Lakers aren't in the news very much because they're not that great anymore. Don't don't rub it in. I'm a Lakers fan. Jeez, guys, just rubbing it in. but D'Angelo Russell, he hit a buzzer beater to win the game. And it was what's crazy, I didn't know that I didn't know this while this was happening, but he put this shot up in the air. It bounces off the rim and goes straight up in the air about three feet, comes down, rattles around, and goes in. Lakers win the game. It's like big whoop. They they have a losing record of twenty six and fifty five. Who gives a crap? <laughs> you know, but then there's another story behind it that 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 really makes you think, or it really puts your words back in your mouth, or you wish that you could put them back in your mouth. But his grandmother, D'Angelo Russell's grandmother, passed away that morning. But D'Angelo Russell hits that buzzer beater on the same day his grandmother passes away, and they interview him after the game. Well, this is after, so he makes the shot. He goes up and jumps into the stands, and he's like hugging his brother for like, for like what seems like five minutes. You know, really cool moment with his family. Obviously, they're going through some hard times, and he didn't plan on playing that that game because obviously he wants to go be with family, and what's the point? You know, their team is already losing. They, they can stand to not have him there for a family reason. Um, but they interview him after the game, and he's like, that shot was for my granny, man. I wasn't even going to play tonight. And, you know, he's praising the good Lord above all those things. And it was – it was really cool to see because if any team needed some kind of boost like that, even though it's in like a, a situation where they're not going to make the playoffs, the Lakers definitely needed that boost. You know, that, that team, like I'm very partial to the Lakers. If you know me personally, I've been following them since Kobe came into the league or more like a few years after he came in the league. Cause that's when I noticed him um, when I was about 10, nine, somewhere in there. Um, but I, it's, it's, it's just sad to see a team like this that has so much potential, a lot of young guys who just need to be more and more developed, but they don't have those veteran players around them or the the firepower, per se, to get them to the next level. You know, last year they won 19 games. That's pretty disappointing. Actually, I think, no, 17 games. They won 17 games. This year they have the chance, if they beat Golden State tonight, which I doubt is going to happen, then, you know, they'll have 27 wins. That's 10 more than last year. There was a lot of hope that these, this team was going to be uh, developed enough at the beginning of this year that they could possibly make an eighth seed in the playoffs. And, you know, there's a lot of things that shifted up throughout the course of the season, but I personally wanted the Lakers to do that because with Kobe leaving and everything, it, it's just weird not seeing them make the playoffs. And so I was hoping for good things. And so, anyways, their last game is tonight against the Warriors in Oakland. Um, I'm not sure what Warriors players are sitting out. It's the last night of the NBA playoffs start in three days. Three days, guys, the NBA playoffs are here. So um be interesting to see if they win that game. Obviously, it's kind of a – there's no nothing at stake there. Um, 
So yeah, D'Angelo Russell hitting the game, game-winning buzzer beater. Congrats to him. But what I want to talk about basketball, it's sort of a hot take. It is a hot take. Russell Westbrook is going to be the NBA most valuable player. And if you disagree with me, then that's rude. I don't want you to disagree with me. Because this guy averages a triple-double in the NBA in this modern era, 2017, averages a triple-double. No, this isn't the era of Wilt Chamberlain and Oscar Robertson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, all those guys putting up, or no, no, more like Bill Russell, guys who are averaging like 26 rebounds a game. That's ridiculous. But come on, averaging a triple-double hasn't been done since Oscar Robertson did that back in 61-62. And then not only that, but he beats the record of most triple-doubles in a season for a player. 42, and he has a chance of getting 43 tonight if he ends up playing. He actually sat out last night. He, it was the only game he sat out, and it's kind of like, man, why didn't you just finish out the season? Why not? I mean, that's his motto. Why not? <laughs> but he broke Oscar Robertson's record, triple doubles in a season. Then in the same game, this is against the Denver Nuggets, okay? I turn the game on like perfect timing. I'm looking at the box score, and he's got nine assists he needs one more so i'm like quick turn the game on so i fire the game up and i see the 10 happen in the in the stat column he gets his 10th 10th assist and i'm like oh no i missed it and so me and my friend dallas were sitting here and he's like oh man that's a bummer but i pull up the game anyways and the thunder are coming down the court with the ball and i was just like oh my gosh there was a delay we're gonna witness history we're gonna see it happen sure enough he comes down the lane kicks the ball out I don't even know who shot the ball because I wasn't thinking about that. But he passes the ball out to the guy. He's wide open, takes an extra second, puts his goose in the air, and buckets. Gives Russell Westbrook that record. But what's funny is he's coming back down court, and like the crowd in Denver, mind you, is going wild because, oh, my gosh, we just witnessed history. He's He just broke the triple-double record. Woo-hoo! And even the announcer for Denver is freaking out, like, Russell Westbrook! And Westbrook, just he's going down the court, like, just shaking his head, like, I don't care, guys. I'm, we're down 10 right now. And that is why I love Westbrook. That's another reason why I think he should get MVP, because he comes out every freaking night, and he competes to win. He doesn't care if he kills a guy in the process. You know, obviously not for reals, but... On the basketball floor, he's trying to take you out. I can't help but respect a guy that has that mob-like mentality, that Michael Jordan-esque brain. You know, they, they want to win. And he carried his team. He affected his team the most out of any other this season. James Harden's argument is, I thought it was all about winning, man. I thought that that's, that's why we play this game is to win. And sure, the Rockets are like, what, three seed in the West? And so he, he has a, a case to make about that. But he didn't affect his team like Westbrook affected his team. I mean, granted, uh, James Harden doesn't have a whole bunch of you know, players around him that can help him out that much. But look at Westbrook. He's got Oladipo. He's like a third-year player. He's kind of average. Um, Steven Adams, he's not, also kind of average. I don't know. It's just I don't, I don't see how he can't be the MVP at this point. And so – that is my hot take for Russell Westbrook. But anyways, in that same game where he breaks that record, of course, they're down two, and the Thunder have the ball. And I'm like, oh my gosh, please give me something awesome to watch. They pass the ball in. There's 2.9 seconds. Pass the ball into I think, Kyle Singleton, I think. And... He has the ball for like a split second. He passes it back to Westbrook after he fakes going one way and comes back. He's like, I don't know, six, eight, ten feet beyond the three-point line, like kind of looking towards the the corner of half court. And he launches his three-pointer with the guy's hands in his face. And I, while this thing's in the air, I'm just like, oh, my gosh, it's going to happen, everybody. <laughs> and sure enough, it goes in, rattles it in, like drops in. And he has, like, the most athletic celebration I've ever seen in my life. He, he, like, freaks out, runs down the other side of the court. He jumps and does a chest bump off his teammate. And after he bumps off his teammate's chest, he comes back with a fist pump in midair. I was like, everything this guy does is awesome. 
Am I blowing out everybody's audio? I'm sorry if I am. I'm just really excited right now. Wow, that got me fired up. Woo! But anyways, that game-winning buzzer beater, by the way, it kicked the Denver Nuggets out of contention of the playoffs. <laughs> they were trying to get that eighth seed, and he's like, nope, I'll have this record, I'll have this record, and I'll take your playoff spot. Sorry, it's not really like he took their playoff spot, but he kicked them out. That's pretty pretty savage. And Ray on, on Facebook, if Russ doesn't get MVP, it's highway robbery. I agree with you 100%, my dude. This guy has to get MVP. I don't care how far they go into the playoffs. He's already proven that he is the most valuable player. That's exactly the words that MVP stands for. I'm not sure if you know, but he provides a lot of value. In fact, the most value to his team. Give him the award right now. Jeez, I don't want to wait till the finals or whenever that date is when they get out because I know it's a, a long wait. Um, but, yeah, that's basketball for you. And that's pretty much everything I've got for sports today. Where are we at? We're like 45 minutes in. All right, we're doing pretty good here, making some good time. I actually did not come up with a question this week. I'm going to have to come up with something on the spot. If somebody has a good question, please suggest it. I will, I will shout you out somehow. For example, Race, I know you have a blog. Uh, if you have, if you can come up with a question of the week, like what what I will ask the viewers today, I will totally shout out blog. Um, but last week I left you guys with a question for you to think about and answer, whether you tweeted it to us or you emailed it to us or what have you. And the question was provided by AJ from Dapper Sports. Uh, Reyes, you probably know him. Um, he's he's also in our sports bloggers group on Facebook, but. AJ from Dapper Sports came up with a question last week, and it was, if you could go back in time to watch one game in person, which game would you pick? Okay. There's a lot of games I can think of in my head, and I have a big list. But I also had a bunch of people who sent in their answers and want to share those as well. A lot of these guys are regular guys and gals, are regular viewers of the podcast, and I appreciate their viewership. Um, really close to me. Um Brad on Facebook says, who wins the NBA title? See, that's a question that I think Corbin and I are going to address when he comes for the Wednesday podcast. We're going to be doing a, I mean, it's going to be a little bit late, but we're going to be covering a lot of NBA playoffs and maybe giving some predictions in that show, so a week from today. Um, so we'll probably get to that one on Wednesday. Um, actually, that that's a good point. Maybe I should ask that right now. So that going forward, or when we get to next week when Corbin is here we can answer those questions so good Brad we'll use we will use your suggestion but I don't want it to be as easy as that so we'll come up with something here in a sec anyways so if you could go back in time to watch one game in person which game would you pick Jason on Facebook I believe he's in here Jason you said I would have to say Jackie Robinson's first game in the major leagues it was a huge time in our history as a whole Valid point. Very valid point. Uh, Jackie Robinson, first African-American player to play in MLB. Um, so obviously that's that's a huge uh, moment for civil rights. I feel like sports are always on the forefront of those type of movements. Um, American baseball, second baseman, became the first African-American to play in Major League Baseball. Thank you, Wikipedia. I'm pulling it up right now, just spitting out some facts about him. Brad says, any game when the Patriots lose. <laughs> uh, he's a Dolphins fan, so of course he wants to see the Patriots lose. They're like enemies. Um, yeah, J Jack Roosevelt Jackie Robinson, first African-American player in the major leagues. Um, he broke the baseball color line. I mean, that would be so pivotal to experience, you know, just to be there and see history change like right before your eyes. You know, obviously, that's one big step in a huger, like a huger, that's not even a word, one big step in a larger movement, you know. So it was, that's really cool to see. I, Of course, that that's a game I would love to go back and see as well, just for the witnessing of, like, you know, not history like Westbrook breaking their triple-double record. You know, that's cool and all. But breaking the, the color line in baseball, I think that's huge. So solid answer from Jason on Facebook. Thank you, my man sharing and the next one was from Becky on Facebook as well everybody's on Facebook I'm, I'm telling you guys that's where 
We just got to get Facebook real big, and then it'll be a lot of fun in here. Uh, I mean, it already is. You guys are awesome. But Becky on Facebook says, I would have liked to have been at Dodger Stadium September 9th, 1965, to see Sandy Koufax pitch the only perfect game in World Series history against her beloved Cubs. So, obviously, she, first of all, I think she'd want to be there because it, she's a huge Cubs fan. So she's just kind of there. And then not only is she there to hopefully see her Cubs win, um, but instead to see the other team throw a perfect game, that doesn't happen very often. Like the odds of seeing that, huge. So definitely a good one, especially because you're a Cubs fan. Beat the Cubs game in witness history, unfortunately in the wrong direction. And then we have Alice on Facebook who said, I've got a couple answers to the question about going back in time to see the game. First, she says, 1987 Eastern Conference Finals between Boston Celtics and Detroit Pistons. Game 5. This is back when uh, they were the dirty Detroit Pistons. They were, they were, what is the word for that? Oh, my gosh. There's a word. Uh, Pistons in the 80s. There was a name for them. What was it? Uh, bad Boys. The Bad Boys. The five baddest boys of the bad boys era. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to pull open this link real quick. <clears throat> Let's see who what names we have in here. John Sally, 86. He was on the Pistons from 86 to 92, so that was right around that time. He was involved in that, in that game five. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, another big name. Um, he seems like a very soft-spoken guy, but when he played basketball, he was like as dirty as they come. He'd try to like pinch your ribs while you're going through on a screen, stuff like that. And that's not like super dirty, but also elbows and knees and stuff. Uh, Rick Mahorn was another guy from that time. Um, Dennis Rodman? He, that's weird. was not expecting that. Brad on Facebook says, Hayward is on fire. And number one is Bill Lambeer, as Alice just predicted. You nailed it. But Dennis Rodman, I wouldn't even even thought of that. But Bill Lambeer is on there from 82 to 93. He's like an, a long-time Pistons, big center. Jason says Rick Mahorn. Yep, he was number three on that list. And he was there from 85 to 89, 96 to 98. So he was there for that 87 game that Alice is talking about. Um, according to this article from Bleacher Report, it says that Rick Mahorn was – Never considered a spectacular athlete, but he, <clears throat> what he lacked in athletic ability, he made up for in his physical tenacity. And if you know anything about our blog, Abstract Sports, we're based around the intangibles in the game. So obviously you can affect the, the game by putting up triple doubles like Russell Westbrook, MVP, give him the award now. Um, <laughs> but you can also affect the game in intangible ways, physical tenacity being one of those. I mean, there are teams who will pick up players off of the free agency market just to be a pest to people in the playoffs. Um, one team that uh, comes to mind, uh, pests, at all, just in general, in basketball, I think about Lance Stevenson is one of the more recent ones. You know, a couple years ago in the playoffs, uh, Lance Stevenson's blowing in LeBron James' ear while they're, like, lining up for defense. And <laughs> there's little things like that to get inside a player's head. Obviously, you're not going to mess with LeBron. They went on to win that. But... Um, <laughs> That's one guy, but then somebody else would be Ron Artest, a.k.a. Meta World Peace. He was always an antagonizer when he played for the Pacers. Seems like the Pacers have a thing with antagonizers. Just saying. But then he went to the Lakers, and he also played that role. He'd, you know, People are trying to line up on defense for an inbounds play, and he'd just like get in their face and just kind of stand there all awkwardly like, this is where I'm supposed to be, when really he's just trying to piss the player off. So, yeah, Rick Mahorn, physical dude, just like every one of these guys on this list. Dennis Rodman especially, he was another one of those guys from that era. Uh, also, obviously, he went on to play for the Bulls, but he started out with the Pistons, apparently. Maybe he was a defensive player of the year two years in a row while playing for the Pistons, so there's that. Um, Bill Lambeer, though, was a man of war. He literally fought tooth and nail during his time with the Pistons and was the baddest of the bad boys. LeBron James knows no hate like Lambeer. Uh, endured during his career. In fact, I would go, so this is the guy from this article. I'll give him a shout out in a second, uh, maybe. He's like, in fact, I would go so far as to say that people outside of Detroit loathed Bill Lambert. 
You are happy to have a player like that on your team, somebody who's just going to kick the crap out of the opposing team physically because you don't want to be on the receiving end of that. Uh, Lambier is also the Pistons' all-time leading rebounder. So the dude was a beast, just just a beast. So I could imagine going to a game back in 87 with the Pistons and Boston Celtics. Larry Bird was also a very physical player. Um, man, that would have been a good game. Uh, she, she, uh, Alice gives us a little highlight. She says, Larry Bird steals the ball, five seconds left, feeds it to Dennis Johnson to put Celtics up by one and win, and then Celtics go on to the NBA Finals to win in seven games. Seven games. Game seven, that's what I want. That would be awesome. That's actually on my list. And then she had, had one more. She says, the NLDS 1992 between the Atlanta Braves and Pittsburgh Pirates. Cabrera, I believe Mookie Cabrera? I think that was his name. Uh, anyways, I'll just I'll, I'll continue reading, and maybe she'll correct me. I'm not sure. Alice Werner says, or Alice on Facebook says, boo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not sure what she's booing because I kept talking. I'm sorry, Alice. Uh, Cabrera hits a line drive, bottom of the ninth. Sid Bream, bad knees, and all scores from the second. From second, slide in for winning run game seven to win NLDS and go to the World Series. That, okay, hits a line drive. Bottom of the ninth, right? So you're in the bottom of the ninth. You got a guy coming up. He's got bad knees. And he gets up there and he hits the ball. I think I saw that. I'm pretty sure, I am pretty sure Becky on Facebook shared that video with me. I'm pretty sure. No, no, no. She showed me one where a guy who had bad knees was at bat and he came out to be a designated hitter to hit the game-winning run. Um, this is different, but he scores from second with bad knees, slides into home plate. God, like all the things that you have to, oh, you're booing Lambier. Okay. That's because you're a Celtics fan. That makes sense. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I thought you were booing me like boo. I made a terrible joke or something because <laughs> that's not out of the question. Um, but yeah, that would be another good one. Um, I don't have any other answers that came in, I believe. Um, I did see Brad on Facebook said that he wants to go to any game where the Patriots lose. I think that's a valid valid game to go to. Um, man, yeah, that's good. But here's what I have. I have a few and they're 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 not very diverse. I don't I don't have like like I'm a big basketball guy. You if you know me, you know that. Um, what team was Havlicek on? Wasn't he on Celtics? He's on the Rockets, Clippers. What the? John Havlicek. Celtics, yeah. That's right. See, I don't know history. I have to Google this stuff while you guys bring it up. John Havlicek. Born in 1940. He played from 62 to 78, though. So he was not in that era of the 87 game. But so here are some games I would have loved to go to. If I can go back in time, here are some that I'd want to go to. Oh, snap. Brad on Facebook says that he got John Havlicek's autograph on a baseball at a local baseball game. That's insane. How have I never known that? Brad is my dad, by the way. John Havlicek sat one row away from him. Are you kidding me? I feel like I should know this. That's crazy. Jason on Facebook says, what about the game where Emmett Smith broke the rushing record? If that's if that's a game you'd want to go watch, sure, why not? I almost had the chance of meeting Emmett Smith in Vegas. The one time I went to Vegas, we went to a sports sports collected collectible store where they have like all kinds of memorabilia from historic games and so many autographs like you wouldn't believe. But uh Emmett Smith, apparently, that he's like, come by in an hour. Emmett Smith is going to be here for autographs and pictures and stuff. And I'm sure that there was probably going to be a fee where you had to pay to stay in there and, and get to meet him and everything. But I could have met Emmett Smith. If I, you know, if I had more time and I, and I, I wanted to wait around a little longer, I totally would have done it. I mean, Emmett Smith is a legend. Um, so for me, I, I'm going to start off with one that most people won't, won't imagine me wanting to go to. But as a sports fan... The Cubs and Indians game seven is a no-brainer. Like, just this last year where the Cubs won it, 
that is something that you don't want to miss in your lifetime. Like if you have the chance to go to that game, you probably should. Uh, my wife was actually in Chicago when that was happening. I, I'm pretty sure that was the game. And she was going to try and find a way to get tickets somehow, but she ended up not doing it. I heard that it's a pretty bad neighborhood over there anyway. So um, Brad says he lost the, t the ticket stub. That is a bummer, man. You need to dig around for that. I'll come help you. Uh, another one I would have liked to see in person. I watched this in, in a really strange place, actually. That sounds awkward, but uh, trust me, it'll be fine. We'll get there. Um, hi, Carrie on Instagram. Nice to see you. Um, game 7 between the Celtics and Lakers in L.A. in 2010. This is a one of those series that the Lakers had to battle out. Like they, I don't even remember. I can't remember all the stats about it, but I watched this Game 7 at the rec center at the University of Idaho. I just got done playing basketball myself, and I'm like, you know what? I don't have cable, but I want a high-quality stream of the game. So I'm like, I'm going to go play basketball for a couple hours, and afterwards I'll watch the game on the TV outside of, uh, or outside the rec center. And there was, a, there was a crowd there. Like, people planned that same thing because it's during the summer, so, you know, not a whole bunch of students are on campus. It's just people who stayed in up in Moscow, Idaho, and worked. Um, but I watched that entire game at the rec center, and it was insane because it came down to the last seconds where the Lakers had the lead, and they had to get a stop in order to win this series and win the championship, and they did it. And Kobe just, like, throws the ball down the court. Like, I remember that one so vividly. Like, I was cheering with a bunch of strangers. I mean, game seven between the Lakers and Celtics, one of the probably the biggest rivalry in all of sports historically. Or not all of sports, all of basketball, I'll say. Um, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, you know. <laughs> but I wish I could have been there for that one because it was one of those series that was just nuts. And Game 7s are like the highest atmosphere ever. I would also – I I go on – I would say – oh, my gosh, I am stuttering so bad. Stop it, Kyle. Wow. Ugh. Anyways, I would have loved to see the Cavaliers and Warriors rematch because of all the hype they had and LeBron and Curry like man like could you imagine being there for that game I, I don't think anybody sat down during that game I didn't sit down for that game in my living room I was standing up freaking out the entire time because every play matters in a game seven and we all know the Warriors blew the 3-1 lead and they buckled in that game and gave it to the Cavs first championship for the Cavaliers and that's another one of those historic moments, kind of like Emmett Smith breaking the rushing record or Russell Westbrook breaking something that's never going to be broken before, something that's going to be remembered forever, the triple-double record. Um, but instead, the Cavs breaking their notorious drought of championships for the city of Cleveland, but also coming back from the 3-1 deficit, first time ever to do that in a, in a series in the playoffs, or at least in the finals, as far as I know. Um, there's another game I would like to see. Kobe's 81-point game would be kind of interesting because it's second-highest scoring game of all time. Obviously, that's going to be fun to watch. But there's no other game that stands out to me than Kobe Bryant's last game in Los Angeles. Last year, a year from today, Kobe came out for his last game. And there was a lot of talk about whether he's going to play the whole game or what. Sure enough, he ended up playing 42 minutes. Like, he was on the court for basically the entire time. And he, he comes out there, and he's hitting clutch shot after clutch shot. Like, this guy, this is the guy who's supposed to be retiring because he's 40 years old. He's played 20 years in the NBA, through several dozen injuries throughout his career, a couple of really serious ones. And in the last game of his career, he somehow finds a way to get the energy to put up 60 points. But not only that, come from behind and beat the Jazz. The Jazz last year, if they had won that game, I'm pretty sure they would have made the playoffs. But the Lakers kicked them out of contention with that game. Um, actually, now I'm remembering, the I believe the Rockets had already beat the Jazz out prior to that game starting. But I don't know if the Jazz knew that. So they were fighting for their lives to get this win. And Kobe still came out there and gave them the dagger, giving them the Kobe face, you know, the uh, <laughs> Kobe face. Man, that would have been something to see. Like, after that game, I was 
in tears. I was, you know, I'm a huge Lakers fan, but I'm a big, like even bigger Kobe fan. Um, and so seeing that, you want to see that for your favorite player and for your team where somebody goes out on top, just like Peyton Manning did, um, just like maybe Derek Jeter did where he hit a walk-off double. Um, stuff like that just really it gives you goosebumps. Like, boo, I'm all chilly right now because of that. Um, Alice on Facebook says, Francisco Cabrera. What about Francisco Cabrera? Cabrera? There's a lot of Cabrera. Oh, Francisco, not Mookie Cabrera. I don't, even know, I don't even know if that's a player. I'm thinking of somebody else. Mookie Wilson, maybe? <clears throat> uh, that was from earlier in the show. But anyways, that's the game I'd want to see. Kobe's last game in L.A. But now, and I, I hope Corbin's okay with this. He, I, I got a text from him earlier. He said that he couldn't. Okay, bye, Instagram. Time is out. Bye. Sorry. <laughs> um, so... I hope Corbin's okay with this because we're going to be doing a big playoff podcast next Wednesday. We're going to just break down all the different series, um, things like that. So today's question I want to propose to you guys. Let me see if I can pull up this other tab. Playoff pod with Corbin. <clears throat> do to do, do. Okay, so I think... I already have questions set up for the Saturday show that we're going to be doing on the 22nd. So this question will be perfect for this. So thank you, Brad, for the suggestion on the question for this week. That question is, it's a, it's a prediction question. With NBA playoffs rolling up, and you know, obviously NHL playoffs are underway right now, but NBA playoffs are closer and dearer, dearer to my heart. <laughs> I say some weird things on the internet. And so NBA playoffs, who do you guys think is going to win the NBA championship this year? Is it going to be a repeat with the Cavaliers or are their struggles in recent weeks going to get them? The Warriors, are they going to get a, uh, their second title in three years? There's a possibility. They've been looking really hot lately. Steph Curry, he's been on fire. I mean, let's be let's be honest. He went nine for thirteen from three the other night. Or will it be a surprise team, the Utah Jazz, coming out of the fourth or fifth seed? It's kind of hard to tell, guys. But something to look forward to: NBA playoffs. The question is, who do you think is going to win the NBA playoffs this year? The win the NBA championship this year. There we go. You can email your answer to us at. Hello at abstractsports.com. That's H-E-L-L-O. Rhymes with jello, but with an H instead. At abstractsports.com. And we'll probably use your answer in the podcast if you submit it. If you want to get involved with abstract sports, like my friends do, I have like three or four friends who want to do this podcast with me, so something to look forward to. Um, you can go to abstractsports.com. There are some really helpful links in the footer of every page. It can get you started on... Um, uh, submitting your first article for Abstract Sports and starting to earn badges with us, uh, where you basically get a post in every category. You get a badge for every category you submit to. Um, you can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, and uh, I've noticed recently other third-party outlets that just kind of archive uh, podcasts because just automatically. So you can find this podcast pretty much anywhere of your any one of your favorite channels. Um, while you're watching or listening, please drop a comment uh, about what you think about what we're talking about or just the podcast in general. Uh, we love hearing your feedback. Be sure to follow us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash abstract sports. That's where we get most of the chat engagement in the comments. Uh, we're up to like 40 comments right now. I think that's pretty awesome for only having like six viewers, seven viewers at one time in here. So I think you guys should come over to Facebook when we do the podcast every Wednesday, 7 o'clock p.m. Uh, Mountain Time, 9 o'clock Eastern Time. Um, Facebook.com slash Abstract Sports. Go there. You can also find us on Twitter at Abstract Sports with a K, not a C. Um, but today was a great podcast. I want to say thanks to everybody for coming through and chatting with me. Um, this one went really fast this week. I didn't have any any butterflies, nothing. Uh, so it seems like it's getting a little bit better every time. And I went in hard on Westbrook and hard on Tony Romo and Tim Tebow. You guys need to get on the train now. 
Vote for Russell Westbrook for MVP. RussForMVP.com. I feel like that's probably a website. I should probably go get that domain right now. Uh, <laughs> anyways, that's all I have for you today. I want to say thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Kyle Richards, and you just listened to the Abstract Sports Podcast. I'll see you next Wednesday.